All right. So the name of the podcast is Application to Admission. I want it to be HBC versus PWIs, but you know, you think that's a little bit too too aggressive. And I, you know, I don't want to be aggressive. I want to make sure that I I treat your your your, your brother, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. right. You know, I don't come off too too militant. Even though Martin was a real militant man, he has some he has some really positive stances on a lot of things that people you know, have diluted his message through this holiday and all that, but that's a whole nother uh, episode. Welcome back to the Application to Admission podcast. It is school year time. I am excited. I'm Shereem Herndon Brown, co-founder of the Application to Admission podcast. And I do this, I don't do this by myself. I do this with this dude who I like a little bit, but hang out with a lot. Timothy Fields, you here? I'm right here, right here, man. You know, happy day, happy, happy day. I'm right here. Okay, just making sure. Sometimes I got to pull you along. I'm tired of that, man. Like, pull your weight, pull your weight. Sheesh. Anyway, uh, welcome to to, to the podcast. Hey, I'm here. Okay, okay. I heard you. I heard you. Um, For those who don't know, we are the co-founders of Understanding the Choices, um, and as well as the co-authors of, um, what's our book called, Tim? The Black Family's Guide to College Admission, a conversation about education, parenting, and race. Yes. And if you don't have it, you should have it. But here we are, top of the school year. And we are very excited today because not just do we get to talk a little bit of sports and a little bit of shop, but uh, we get to talk about it with an expert. You know, as we begin the school year, right around football season, you know, kind of galvanizes campuses around the country. Kids get together, families get together to to watch sports. Uh, and we thought, you know what? Let's kick the school year off with a good old fashioned sports talk about athletic recruitment and college and, you know, being a parent. So we are very, very fortunate to have Mr. Steve Brown. We're talking about he's an Olympic athlete, folks. How many of you have ever trained or competed in the Olympics? I know one other person who did that from St. Croix um, in the 1992 Olympics, but when you are a, a former uh, Olympian, as well as a pro football player, as well as has degrees, multiple degrees from schools like Wake Forest, Penn, Duke, you know, been an educator for 20 years, you got a lot to say, you know a lot, and, and, and we want to, we're fortunate to have Steve on our podcast today to make sure he tells us not just a little bit about himself and how he got into helping athletes to identify good college, the, the right college fit for themselves, but more importantly, how he's navigating this space as a parent now. So again, we always try to give you the professional and the personal. So Steve, welcome to the show. We are so honored to have you, and I hope that you're ready to get peppered by a lot of questions from uh, parents like me, <laughs> whose kid uh, plays athletics. Great to be here, and thank you for this opportunity. I've been uh, admiring you guys from afar, um, so this is an honor to be here. Looking forward to it. Well, put it this way, Steve: if, if you uh, you admire us from afar, we admire you. In the and and uh, when we're in your face, we like, damn, how how can I look like that when I'm you know forty plus years old, training the way he does? Uh, flattery gets you everywhere, brother. So there uh, it is. I like that, I like that. There it is. There it is. Tim, Tim, you want you want to tell Steve about your running days at Morehouse versus his running days in the Olympics? You you know what? I was going to make sure to to do that. Um, you know, as you were talking and you talk about how many people have trained in the Olympics, et cetera, et cetera. I thought, you know, I have trained at a high level, maybe not that high level, but I have trained at a very high level at Morehouse College. But, you know, definitely, Steve, we are so happy to hear have you here but I mean let's just jump it off with uh this question a lot 
of families have students who are in athletic, various sports. And obviously, you know, at the Pop Warners, they get up there, you know, they're competing at a high level, but then comes to the high school and there's this question on like, you know, am I D1 athlete, D2? Is there scholarship money available? How do families and parents assess, you know, what level they should be looking at for their children, especially at college level, thinking about scholarships, et cetera? Great question. I have to give uh, kudos to, to, to Katie Anderson, the late David Steckel, um, of giving us who are independent educational consultants some, some guidance, if you will. Um, and one of the things that they ask and stress to families and what we do as IECs working with student athletes is to assess uh, athletics, academics, and even somewhat financial. So how do you determine uh, the athletic the right route for you as a as a student athlete as a family first off be realistic with the expectations um in terms of your performance how well you're performing now but more importantly your potential as a student athlete uh, rely on those who are experts in this and typically that's going to be your current coach um coaches that you may have at your school uh that you may be working with on your team um to get that assessment, that realistic assessment. And many of us IECs, we also have access to college coaches who may be able to look at a child's film um, and give an assessment there. So there has to be a realistic expectation on can I play at the next level and to what degree? Uh, number two is your interest as a student athlete. So I have aspirations of playing at the next level. But sometimes when I get there, uh, I'd rather be a regular student and I'm fine with what I did in high school or middle school or whatever. So you have to do some introspection and look at, do I want to commit myself to another four years um, to not only perform for myself at the best of my ability, but for my team? Um, and then also uh, we talked about academics, um, determining what type of student you are and obviously how you're performing will also dictate uh, what type of school do I want to attend uh, if, in fact, I do choose to uh, play uh, athletics at the next level. And then there's a financial piece, which we can dive into a little bit more. And there are scholarships, there are grants, uh, and then there are situations where student athlete just wants to play intramural sports and mm -hmm. not uh, involve themselves in a, in a scholarship sport, if you will. So, but a lot of it has to come down to looking inside and what's realistic for you speaking to those who know about you very well, and then also speaking to those who can assess uh, your talents. So I like that. I like that. And I think that's important because, you know, something that being an athlete and like you said, depending on what level really matters in terms of ability, talent, but drive, commitment, you know, and, and taking that as a, a lifestyle, no matter what level you're at, you just define or you decide to train at that level right you know you're only going to be as good as the as, as the effort you put out so i do think that that's interesting um how you phrase that now i want to know honestly again we're, we're going to give you an opportunity because I, I really want this to be something that families hold on to how do you help families the steve brown academy does what for athletes or parents of athletes as they assess their their, their educational options Great question. So we base it on, uh, I've coined this and now trademarked it called completing your square. So what we forgot to mention is I was one of two math majors on uh, Wake Forest's football team. So I look at things from a mathematical analytical 
standpoint and completing that a flex. Yeah. <laughs> they, they call that a flex. Sure. You just slip that, that in, you know, just so you like know. Not football. They call me scholar athlete, you know what I mean? But when nobody's looking. All right, all right, Steve, you got that. You got that. Continue, mm-hmm. sir. Continue. So actually, actually, completing the square is a is a method to solve a quadratic equation. But I I uh, had a play on words and trademark the term uh, complete your square. And based on a book by William Danforth called I Dare You, said if you work on these four areas of your life, the body, the brain, the heart, and the soul, then your probability of success will increase. So we look at that from a standpoint of the Steve Brown Academy. The body is you have to be healthy before you can help others. And as an athlete, you want to be at the top um, physical shape that you can be to perform at your best. Uh, Academically, or the brain, if you will, you need to be a lifelong learner. So being a top-notch academic based on your um, interests and what your affinity is. So the body, the brain, the heart is being able to communicate and associate with others, being able to be social. So one of the things we do as Steve Brown Academy is we work through uh, teaching character through the curriculum, Mm. uh, Habitudes, that was created by Dr. Tim Elmore from Growing Leaders. And then the soul. So uh, Dr. William Danforth mentioned the soul that understanding there's a higher being other than yourself and depending upon where your spirituality lies. uh, From the Steve Brown Academy, that's service, giving back to the community. So the body, the brain, the heart, and the soul, we now help families with number one, athletic training. Um, So I am certified to teach and train uh, multi-directional agility in sports. Uh, being a math major and a math teacher, I assist. Uh, we assist with uh, academic tutoring. Um, the character piece, as we mentioned, that's um, again the habitudes. But we also now work with families with educational consulting and helping them through this process, depending on what where they are in the life cycle, whether they're a middle schooler, high schooler, getting them to college during college and post career because this is a finite career so we assist with educational consulting for families and then I go around and I speak and share my story with students but also educate parents and coaches and administrators on how their student athletes can maximize their resources at their school so um, initially right off the rib if, if there's any takeaway from there educational consulting for parents and um, speaking opportunities to share my story, but also educate coaches, teachers, and administrators. I like that. I like and that. Thank you. Question. Thank you. No, no, it, it, it answered it well. Tim, you got anything? Because you, you know, I got a whole long laundry list. You know, we we got Steve for a finite period of time. So, uh, if, if you don't got one teed up, you pass the rock. No, no, no. I, I got one. Um, just you know, Steve. Just how did you? get into this business i mean like obviously you were olympic athlete we haven't even talked about you playing in the nfl we'll have to get to that in a second but you know how do you how do you get to this space and you know is this you know sure i'm gonna drop this is this a passion or is this a purposeful driven work you know which one is it and how did you get into it extremely passionate i grew up uh in washington dc um and unfortunately uh i have to be honest, I wasn't very fond of school um, because I was too cool for school. I was all into myself. You know, I was the man and the coaches didn't know it. And I was a man and the girls didn't know it. And um, <laughs> so, 
somebody needs to figure that out because I'm the man. And, uh, <laughs> but growing up, I had, um, a father that was from Trinidad who put himself through undergrad and dental school at, the, at Howard University, uh, mother coming from rural South Carolina and, and working for the State Department and education was first and foremost. And so in order for me to play sports, I had to be, I had to perform in the classroom, which I was like, oh, give me a break. But I realized over time that um, athletics and academia were attached at the hip. And it literally took me around the world, uh, paid for my education. And so having had that opportunity, it's my willing obligation now to share my story and share um, to families and kids, more importantly, um, how if you perform in a classroom and you perform on the playing field, then you can write your own ticket. And so this is something that I've been aspiring to do for the last 12, 15 years. Um, and those of us who are in the independent school admissions world, when it's time to uh, transition into another profession, educational consulting is a natural segue. And so I felt that, wow, is there a way that now I can share my story while also helping young people who had similar aspirations? And it's been something that's been on itching at me for literally a decade and a half um, that because I've had the opportunity to literally compete in over 60 cities in 25 different countries, it is my responsibility to pass that on. Um, that is something that I picked up from the late legendary Dr. Leroy Walker from North Carolina Central. Um, I got an opportunity to train under him as well as his protege, the late uh, Charles Foster, also from North Carolina Central uh, University. So they taught me um, the responsibility of giving back among others. That, that, that sounds more like purpose than passion, just so you know. And so, Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm going to own that flex of Steve speaking for a, a, a place of purpose. But, you know, I, I do want to make sure you know, Tim, since you put it out there, uh, Steve's over here flexing and I'm saluting it. I mean, he's just weaving. Yeah, my pops, you know, Howard, you know, respect H.U., slid in the North Carolina Central two times with his, his history lesson, HBCUs. But lest we forget, those of you who are listening to this, He's a, you know, used to work at the Lovett School, one of the elite schools in Atlanta, went to Gonzaga College High School or whatever it's called in D.C., one of the most you know prestigious uh, uh, independent, you know, high schools in D.C., Wake Forest, Duke and UPenn. So I, I see you, I see you, Steve. I like that. You you understand your clientele, your, the, the families who will respect the North Carolina Centrals, the UPenns and maybe from Atlanta. I like your style. I like your style. I, I wish I could take credit for that, but I think there's a. I have been fortunate to have a village around me um, from family, from friends. You, you got to understand growing up in DC at the height of the crack cocaine epidemic, um, I asked myself, how did I get, how was I uh, saved from all of that? Mm -hmm. And I realized very late in my life that I had a crazy brother and a, and a crazier father. And they told the fellas in the neighborhood, he's not the one. Mm. <laughs> Right. So I thought, you know, I just got to be straight up. This is the con this type of podcast for that. Uh, when I wanted to smoke weed and I wanted to drink, you know, the fellas in the neighborhood sent me home. Wow. And I was like, nah, I got a father at home and this and that. And it was like, nah, dude, you need to go and you need to go now. So I used to go around speaking literally for decades and talking about there was honor among thieves. And my oldest brother, who's a Marine, um, went to Desert Storm, also went to Howard. He said, nah, 
it wasn't quite like that. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, dad, <laughs> dad thought that you were smoking weed in the neighborhood. So he made sure that I'd let the fellas know that you weren't the one. And so come to find out that they sent me home for fear of dealing with the wrath <laughs> that they might have to deal with with them. So I am here because a lot of other people paved the way for me, right? So I can brag on the fact that, yeah, I did this and I did that, but I've had a lot of people steer me away from poor decisions um, and even help me with poor decisions that I've made after the fact. Uh, so there's an obligation there that I'm not here by myself. Um, so yeah, that's real, real yeah. talk. Again, I, I go back to, I go back to purpose. All right. All right. Um, we appreciate you. I got a couple more for you just because, you know, families are learning more about this recruitment process and the steps that they could or should take. So two part question. If they, if there are families who want to get uh, re- their child wants to be recruited and they feel like they have the talent, the drive, the blah, blah, blah. I, while I know it's different from, from for every sport, what are some of the basics that they need to know? Um, what, how does your company help them to, you know, kind of get to that next level, you know, maximize, get to their dream. And then you're going to talk about college athletics very quickly, NIL, transfer portal, all the craziness there. But before they get there, how do they go from high school, freshman, high school, sophomore to recruited athlete in college? Great question. So I'll take a quote from my uh, former classmate. He's also an associate athletic director at a top university in the Northeast. He said, um, college coaches cannot recruit you if they don't know you, if they don't know who you are. So families can be proactive in the process in getting their child's information into the hands of college coaches around the country. So first and foremost, um, get in a situation where you learn about what your interests are, not only in terms of your athletic ability, but where you want to go to school. What type of, uh, do you want to go around the corner? Is there a regional part to it? Uh, do you want to go to a highly competitive school? So first things first, look at introspection. Go through an introspection period where what are your interests? Now from there, we as IECs who work with student athletes, we now start to use that information to create an initial college list, right? So based on your ability to play at the next level, your academic interest, size of school you want to go to, whether you want to be in an urban or rural area, what part of the country you want to be in, we now can create an initial college list to start to send to college coaches your information. Quite a few opportunities now to get information out. There's uh, electronic links that you can put your film on, on um, a link and send to coaches. Most colleges, a significant amount, have student athlete questionnaires, which you can fill out online. Um, you can actually go visit colleges, both personally and virtually, and you start that process by, I need to get uh, my information of my child in front of college coaches. And then there's a process, depending on the sport and depending on the year, what you should be doing from ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. And that's where we come in to, uh, to assist. Um, and, you, and you have a you have a timeline that you could share with families, a resource like that, so that they just know when they should kind of enter the, the, the process? Great question. Um, there's It's never too early. Mm. CAA has what's called an eligibility center mm. where you can create an, uh, a profile or an ID, but you can actually start that in middle school. Um, it doesn't give, it doesn't cost any money in middle school, but you can create kind of a profile of 
your interests or where you're thinking about going. But before you can start to look at schools, or should I say, go on an official visit, you have to have an NCAA ID. Um, and so that's going to cost, uh, price has been anywhere from $80 to $150. But you go to the NCAA Eligibility Center, create an NCAA ID number. And now when you start to communicate with coaches, there is a number that's associated with your profile that coaches can look into. So starting in middle school, you could begin that initial process looking at schools organically in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But then when you start looking at the big picture, ninth grade, I would say the spring of your ninth grade year, you hopefully you've been involved in quite a bit of sports to that point to help you gauge your interests playing at the next level. Uh, but your sophomore year is really when it really starts to, to pick up. Again, depending on the sport, you can start very early, but you want to start, uh, we do what's called a, um, that priority analysis, looking at what your interests are and what your priorities are as a family. Um, but you can start communicating with coaches probably that spring of that sophomore year. You're going to have film. You're going to have a set of grades already, an unofficial transcript, and start filling out those student-athlete questionnaires. Leading into that summer, even the summer after your ninth grade year, summer after your 10th grade year, use that initial college list to pick out schools and universities where you go to their respective camps. Yes, I'm, respective I'm a big, big believer in that too. Right? Um, those are, uh, there are questions out there. Well, what about the rivals? What about the national showcases? They're good, yes, but you want to start to develop a relationship and a rapport with some of the schools and universities of interest, right? Mm -hmm. Not to take away from those national showcases and those national, but you can have, in upwards of 500, 600 kids at those national showcases. And usually there's a specific group of athletes that folks really wanna look at. Um, and they'll highlight those student athletes, sometimes with a band or something to that effect. So not to take away from the national showcases, but if you really wanna to start to develop a rapport with, you need to start going to the actual colleges and universities and they'll host those events. Um, the great thing about that though is you may go, for example, to a Wake Forest or a Duke camp, both alums. Of <laughs> Flex. <laughs> Flex. Flex. You think you slick, man. I, I, I see you. I see you. I see you. I haven't finished from UPenn yet, but it's coming. But anyway, <laughs> the key there is they will also have like schools that will attend. So I can go to a camp at Wake Forest University or Duke and have an upwards of 40 or 50 or 60 like schools, meaning in this case, uh, mm -hmm. high effective academic schools. Same thing if I went to uh, Clark Atlanta, I can go to a camp at Morehouse. I'm going to have like schools. So in that case, other HBCUs. So you can be seen by multiple colleges at these showcases that are being hosted by uh, colleges and universities around the country. Um, as you start getting into your junior year, junior year is pretty much your statistics and your uh, performances up to that point um, are really going to be key because your chances are you're going to consider maybe applying early the fall of your senior year and I'm sure you guys talk about the early decision and early action mm -hmm. of us uh, IECs that work with student athletes we encourage families to consider that option which is non-binding and it's usually uh is that early decision yeah, no, early decision is binding. Early, early action. Early yeah, that action. would be early. Early action is non-binding. 
non-binding ones. So you can actually create leverage with schools. You can say, hey, my child's already applied. We've gotten in. And you're like, whoa, we don't have to go through that rigmarole of figuring out if you can actually go through that process. So sometimes as a student athlete and families of student athletes, you can create leverage mm. um, by being more proactive and not only getting your information out, but having your information both academic and financial because schools can do a pre-read for example the ivy leagues do not give athletic scholarships but they give you what you need right mm. so they have the capability and many schools have the opportunity to do what's called a pre-read they can take an unofficial transcript they can have your uh fafsa information and in what's called the um this uh, a css profile and they can do without making a decision give you a sense of your probability of being accepted um, but they could not give you anything official of course um, and so there are ways again I kind of talked around a variety of things that families can be proactive and that's how we help um, families no that's hey, a good hey, yeah guess. Hey, yeah hey, Steve just uh, you know quick question on that you know as families are talking with coaches and their coaches are sharing yeah we're interested in you um, but, you know, obviously, you know, coaches are hedging at certain levels. They know you're looking at a lot of different schools. What questions should families be asking coaches directly to find out how truly interested that coach is in their student? I think that's another great question. You can ask, uh, where do you see our child fitting into your program? Right. Um, and a coach is going to be realistic on the fact that we're looking at uh, filling this void. So depending upon the sport, uh, I, I played football and ran track. So it is, as a football coach, I know that I'm graduating so many seniors or we have a uh, kind of a, a, a hole or position. And so same thing for basketball, same thing for volleyball. We are looking for these types of student athletes to fill this void on our team. Number one, if a coach were to give a student an offer, like we're interested in you, we'd like for you to come to our school, you as a family can specifically ask, is this a committable offer, right? Meaning um, there are those who are out there who I may have 20 spots on my team or 20 scholarships, but I give out 60 offers, you know, and that's relative, right? But um, that offer is not something that's necessarily a committable offer whereas a very highly selective school like a stanford university when they give an offer it it's it's uh what we call a very legit committable offer because they, they don't have the luxury of giving out um or giving that strong interest to a family without being able to fulfill it right um so you can ask specific questions what are your interests in my child what is your chances of feeling my child can perform at the next level on your team? Is this offer a committable offer? So there are specific questions. Um, there's an idea around culture. You can actually ask questions like, what do you do for your student athletes outside of school? How are you preparing them to transition outside of um, athletics? And there are schools that have a very established program talking around leadership, financial management, um, communicating, all right. So there are programs that have specific uh, mentoring programs where we have our student athletes work with local um, boys and girls clubs or organizations. So that shares with the family. Is this school just trying to get my kid to play sports or are they developing them for life after sports? 
even life during sports. So you can ask those specific questions. Um, and I think just like anything, uh, we all have uh, an instinct. And I often tell families, your gut will speak to you. Um, is this individual, this male or this female coach, are they genuine? Are they going to look after my child? Are they expressing things that we as a family are looking for in a school community, right? So those, um, you can ask some very poignant questions. Um, and we also have a list of questions to give to families to ask when they go on visits, whether it's an unofficial visit or official visit. No, that, that that's good stuff, man, because I, I know from my own personal experience and I can ask and sometimes they don't tell or sometimes they blatantly lie. But, you know, I, I've spoken to, you know, coaches, college coaches about my son and said things like, you know, um, I am trying to partner with someone who's going to help me not just to manufacture an athlete, but to manufacture a man. And, and I think that is important question to ask and what answer they give you. I mean, your, your, your gut will tell you, but I do think it's important that, that we, um, you know, extend the, extend the question and, and see how they answer it. Um, Steve, you've been great, man. Again, I, I for those of you who don't know, please go to the Steve Brown Academy um, website. I, I really think that you, you're onto something here that a lot of families are curious about and need to know about. Uh, and I'm glad that you are, you know, purposefully, you know, passionately, I guess, but purposefully giving them a resource to make sure that... Um, the man use the word passion. The word uh, use the word passion. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 start twisting words now. Come on. Uh, so, but Steve, no. Um, last question. We're gonna get you out of here. Uh, we will want to make sure we always give um our guests an opportunity to shed light on a particular school that you know may be off the beaten path. It's not named Duke, Wake Forest, Penn, Howard, but you know, what a, a school out there that you're fond of athletically or even on scholar because again i think you are the epitome of a scholar athlete lifelong learner what school is that that you think families should be aware of that you historically has you know worked out well for scholar athletes great question and i'm going to defer to who you are as an individual right oh. um because let's be honest the, the statistics show that NCAA Division One, Division Two, the Division Three. There are two thousand, little more than two thousand colleges and universities that offer athletics, right? Two thousand and seventy-seven to be exact. <laughs> but depending upon what you're seeking in a school community, will dictate what's the right fit for you as a student and student athlete. In an ideal world, you want to go to a school that, if I got injured, heaven forbid. On the first day of practice, and I couldn't play anymore, is this a school where I feel like I want to finish and thrive? Um, so you have to do some introspection first and then begin to do some research. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but athletic school, is it a highly competitive academic school? Is it a small school? Is it a large school? Is it set in the Southeast and that's where I want to go? Is it set in the Midwest? So, so much of it has to come down to the individual. There are diligence comes in to say that um, here are some schools that Steve Brown has an affinity towards. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you go around to, uh, you are attracted to what you're familiar with, right? Uh, we talked about it off, off camera, but um, so I'm going to be, you know, Wake Forest was where my allegiance is and Duke was a business decision. Um, I wanted to stay closer to home and I'm, born and raised on the, on the east coast right so 
to me, that's going to be one uh, interest. But once you start to figure out who you are, and that's part of what the purpose of this schooling is, is not only to teach you how to think, but learn about who you are and how do you do that. Part of my dissertation study is going to be this relationship between athletic identity and identity foreclosure. So you need to bring me back for another podcast. But yeah, no, no, believe me, already on my mind, already on my mind. So the idea that I as an early young athlete, put my eggs in the athletic identity basket to get a D1 scholarship to make it to the league. Um, but when it's time to transition away from that sport, be it injury, be it retirement, or what we call deselection, you know, get cut, that transition can be smooth or not if I don't know much about my identity, other parts of my identity. Mm. So much of us don't know what we actually like and what we're interested in. And that's part of what schooling is supposed to do. Teach me how to think, but also teach me who I am and what I like. And that dictates the next step of what kind of colleges and universities and communities should I seek based on my interests, right? So. Yeah, hey, Steve, man. I mean, that I just want to dig down on a point that you made that like, you know, we usually we want people to give answers. You didn't give an answer, but we're going to give you a pass because <laughs> particularly this is a conversation Shereem and I have had a lot is that in athletics, you're, you're, you're not just choosing anything like the schools are choosing you. The options are choosing you. And so it's not like the usual, you know, students going through the process that like I have all schools open to me in athletics it's a little bit different and I think that's one thing that Shereem and I talk about that like you know as we talk about his son his son didn't have all the options in the world because a lot was driven by what are the opportunities available so I think that's a very very point and we'll give you a pass this one time one time <laughs> next time you better come with a school in mind shoot making us look bad for all our other guests like, well you gave Steve a pass so <laughs> <laughs> well listen man no we I can never discount my experience at Wake Forest. It was incredible. Uh, Duke has been incredible and Penn has been incredible. But my entire side of my father's side of the family, they all went to Howard University. And mad kudos to, to, to HU. Some people go, whether that's a, <laughs> HU or not, but that's another conversation. For me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are, the, those are the three entities that I personally have um, experience with that uh, got mad, mad kudos for, so. No, no. But hey, baby, before you get out of here, I just, you know, we have to ask, you play for the Chicago Bears. Give us, give us a story. Give us kind of some behind the scenes, all us, you know, saying, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks who never played at that level. Come on, just one story. Okay, very quickly. So we're in playing a preseason game, Chicago Bears against San Francisco 49ers. We are in Olympic Stadium in Berlin, Germany that uh, Jesse Owens earned wow. four gold medals um, in front of uh, Adolf Hitler. And we're in practice. There's Mike Dicker, there's Mike Singletary, these folks that I've watched on television. And for some reason, we weren't having a good practice that day. And so Coach Dicker said, we're going live. And the defense is getting very excited. They're... <laughs> and I'm like, what's about to happen? He says, you, you, you'll see. And so I have, I was growing up watching Mike Singletary in slow motion of NFL films and I'm running my routes and he's running at me just like these highlighted videos. And he hit me so hard in practice that he literally knocked the snot out of me. 
and it was hanging on my face mask. I caught the ball. <laughs> but I never thought that there was it was a real thing that you can get the snot knocked out of you. <laughs> yeah. You thought it was you, you thought it was just a saying. Yeah. So when you could get hit and your internal organ shift, it's time for me to you, you, it's time for me to find another sport, brother. So <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good that's one. Uh, Olympics here I come. Olympics here I come. <laughs> yeah. like, let dude, me run, let me run around this track like Jesse. Let me be like Jesse. These, these, these hurdles, man, they don't move. That brother right there, he'll run through you literally. That's uh, a good story because we all know Mike Singletary. Like you said, you watch those oh, yeah. NFL all films, you're like, Ooh. All the linebacker literally knocked the snot on me. I'm sorry for those who had breakfast or dinner or whatever. <laughs> Listen to this. Real talk. But I caught the ball, did my job. But the snot was knocked out. Well done. Well yeah. done. Steve, this is not just fun, informative, helpful, necessary. And like you said, this won't be the last time. So, again, congratulations to uh, Steve Brown, Steve Brown Academy. Steve, real quick, uh, wh wh what are the deets so people can find you? Uh, SteveBrownAcademy.com is the website. And uh, love to hear and help as many families as, as I can and we can. Those who we cannot help, we will direct you with somebody who, who's better equipped. But our job is to... Uh, to, to share our knowledge with those who want to receive it. So good job. Good job. All right. All right, folks, we appreciate you. Please continue to subscribe, share. It is the brand new year and uh, we have a lot going on. Understanding the choices, check out our website, follow us on Instagram, understanding the choices application to admission is the podcast. Um, hey, Shereem, 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 hey, 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 what about the book? What about the book? Oh yeah. Yeah. The black family's guide to college admissions, a conversation about education, parenting, they, race, which we have it. They, if they don't have it, then they're they no good. Have I have it. No I've been pumping it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It. I've been sending it out to folks. Good, yes. good, good. Resource. And you've got good. some updates to it too, correct? Uh, uh, yes. Shh. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Steve, Steve my man, my man. man. I, I just know y'all, y'all listen. <laughs> Hold up, let's real talk. Y'all on the cutting edge. Y'all don't rely, y'all don't rely on uh, old news. Y'all are always on the edge. You got accelerate. We believe in accelerating. We believe in accelerating. Hey, hey. Hey, I, I just, you know, call a spade a spade. Y'all on point, Hey, 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 you are good with us, Steve. You are good with us. All right, y'all listen. But, hey, thank you, everybody. Podcast. We appreciate y'all.